Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. This podcast episode is a topic that is close and dear to my heart, miscarriage. When Joseph and I got married almost a year ago, the thought of miscarriage really never crossed my mind. But after we lost our honeymoon baby, Marianne, back in March of this year, it's a topic that I've discussed many times with Joseph, with friends who have lost babies, and with women wondering how to comfort a friend who has a little in heaven. If you have a little saint interceding for you in heaven, my prayer is that this podcast episode will bring you some comfort. And if you know someone who's experiencing a miscarriage, my prayer is that this episode will give you some tips on how to grieve with them. And we're welcoming to the podcast Amy Thomas, who is a Catholic wife and mom. She also blogs over at Passionately Catholic. Um, Amy, welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to do this. For sure. I'm excited about this one, too. We're just going to dive right into uh, our conversation today. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and background as a Catholic woman? Oh, boy. <laughs> so I was raised Protestant, um, and I actually grew up just absolutely despising Catholics because I didn't really know why, just everybody <laughs> told me to. So it was kind of like uh, osmosis. I just took in what everybody said about um, Catholicism, and I never really asked, although my best friend was Catholic, and sometimes I would go to Mass with her, and that was just bizarre to me, like all this standing <laughs> and kneeling, and I didn't know what was going on, but um, I like to say God has a sense of humor, and I fell in love with a Catholic, cradle Catholic, <laughs> And um, in college, both of us were pretty lukewarm in our faith. I mean, it was pretty hit or miss going to church for me. Um, and my husband didn't really go to mass. But when we had our first child, uh, everything changed. And now church was more important to us. And so then came the great battle of what church are we going to go to? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just... It's probably the number one thing my husband and I argued about in when we were first married. Well, more that I argued. And, uh, you know, it's sling out all kinds of stuff. Oh, you worship Mary and, um, you know, the Pope is the Antichrist and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And my husband would always just very calmly uh, answer my, you know, arguments. And I was always wrong and um, kind of frustrated me because I don't like being wrong. <laughs> and... Uh, so anyway, um, we, he wanted to baptize our daughter and I was like, absolutely no, that's because for Protestants, baptism is just a declaration of faith mm-hmm. for my Protestants. So I was like, she has to decide to do this. And, and I couldn't understand, you know, why he wanted to do this or anything. So, um, we didn't end up baptizing her cause I was just so adamant about it, but we did the church shopping. We made this, this, uh, compromised one week at a Protestant church, one week at a Catholic church, and that got real fast. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, you know, I can go to a Catholic mass and pretty much get what I need, you know, a homily and mm-hmm. music, because, you know, the Eucharist isn't, communion isn't, wasn't a part, I mean, it was just symbolic growing up for me. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really matter to me if I took it or not. Um, and I was like, and so you can get what you want. But as I sat there in the pews and I couldn't go up to receive communion, that Eucharist started calling my name. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took eight years into our marriage, but the desire was just so overwhelming. I, I, just, I just knew I had to become Catholic. And I had, sitting there in church, 
all those mistruths and and kind of lies that I had been told mm-hmm. that's all broke down and um, and now I just like you can't shut me up about how I love <laughs> Catholic. I just I mean. <laughs> All the school Catholics out there, thank your parents because, man, it's just been the greatest blessing. That's so beautiful. I love it. I love hearing people's journey to have to Catholicism too. That's so neat. Yeah, it's it's uh, the story is uh, like I even look back and I'm like, uh, oh man, I see how God was playing that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sometimes He speaks to us in not so subtle ways. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, welcome home. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> For sure. So today's episode that we're, we're going to be talking about is a letter to the woman whose littles are in heaven. And you're a mom to babies who are saints in heaven. And can you tell us a little bit about your journey as a mother who has experienced miscarriage? Yes. Yeah, so, oh gosh. Um, so I had my first daughter very young uh-huh. and we, we were 22. And, uh, and then we had our second child uh, three years later. And, um, you know, we just kind of, it was very interesting. Um, I always thought we would have three kids mm-hmm. and, um, and we were living in Florida and I was working and life was getting easy cause my kids were getting older mm-hmm. and we were sleeping and we could like take a nap on Saturdays <laughs> and, you know, I, yep. I basically was acting like my kids were grown when they were like seven or four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was, I had been on birth control, um, most of my adult life and, um, it was starting to really cause some major health issues for me. So my husband and I decided that we would just put aside the birth control and, um, but we didn't really know anything about NFP. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I bought this book at Barnes and Nobles called Taking Charge of Your Fertility, which is not a Catholic book, but it is about, it's got a lot of the principles of NFP, just not with a, you know, Catholic background. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we weren't trained or anything. So I just, we weren't using it properly. Um, And uh, I got pregnant Uh and I, this is hard to say, but I was not thrilled. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I, I was very, I was in a very selfish point at that time in my life. I was, um, you know, my kids were like practically grown. And um, why bring another baby into the mix with the new diaper bag and car seats and all this stuff? And, mm-hmm. and um, but, you know, I slowly as I started, you know, realizing, you know, the little life growing inside of me was a blessing. I, I, I warmed up to the idea and I, I started to feel better about it. And then, you know, I just grew into excitement and, and I was really, really happy. And I was at work one day and, um, I, I started having some cramping and bleeding, went to the doctor and, uh, I was about 10 weeks uh-huh. and, they did an ultrasound and the baby's heart beat wasn't there anymore. And I was just so devastated. And the doctor was just so like technical. He's like, well, oh, this part was normal and right. have another child. And you know, right. he was very textbooky. And I was like, let's be quiet, dude. Very <laughs> <laughs> <Your> nonsense. <laughs> right. And I remember I looked across the room and there was a very pregnant woman like sitting in another room getting 
waiting to be seen. And I was just so envious of her. It's like, oh, gosh, you are getting ready to have a little baby, and I'm not. And I'm walking away from her, just devastated. Yeah. So that was my first miscarriage. And uh, from that was 2009. We kept getting pregnant, and I just kept having miscarriage after miscarriage. And uh, it was just a devastating emotional roller coaster. Because with each one, I was just brought to my knees. Yeah. like, why is this happening? I've been able to carry babies to full term before. I just don't understand. And every doctor was like, oh, it's normal. Miscarriages are normal. I'm like, I don't think since yeah. six carriages in a row is normal. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But then um, my, my husband deployed in 2012. And uh, most people have a post-deployment baby. Well, we had a pre deployment baby <laughs> I pregnant before he left and um I was living at home with my my dad because I went home to live with him during that deployment and that was the first time that a doctor ever was like you know this is this is a bit much you've got quite a history here let's start looking into things and I was like oh, thank god and um, we found out that I have low progesterone um and uh she tested me and everything, and I started on progesterone shots, but I ended up losing that baby as well. And so that was eight. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was really hard because my husband was gone, and uh, I did have the support of my family, but I still didn't have my husband there. Yeah. And uh, so that was, I've, eight miscarriages, and um, when my husband came home, we moved to Virginia, and we were like, do we want to try again? Uh-huh. And I was very apprehensive. Yeah. And I said, well, if we do it this time, if we try to get pregnant, we need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so we both decided to take it to prayer. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were praying about it, should we or shouldn't we? And uh, we decided we should. And it was different this time because before the other ones, I was getting very nervous and very fearful. And this time when I found out I was pregnant, we just embraced each other and smiled and were like, this is going to be okay. Yeah. Now I have a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, I mean, Mary was so involved with that. Um <sighs> My husband really felt her presence while he was praying that everything was going to be okay. And um, kind of a cool side note on that one. Um, I had always, I knew if I had a boy, I wanted to name him Tristan. Yeah. I love that name. And we never find out what our kids are. So one night when I was pretty newly pregnant, my husband came and he said, I have something I have to tell you. And I was like, okay. He said, in my prayers, um, I really felt God speaking to my heart. It's like, okay. He's like, I know you're really stuck on the name Tristan, mm-hmm. but uh, God told me that this baby's going to be a boy mm-hmm. and that we need to name him Jeremiah. <laughs> and um, he said, I will make him great. Oh. And so I was like, okay, all right. And so I was like, well, what does the name Jeremiah mean? He's like, I don't know. So I went and looked it up, 
and Jeremiah means I will God will make him great. And I was like, okay, we're naming this baby Jeremiah. <laughs> and uh, it was just, it was, you know, the hand of God was through it all. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah. I have had two miscarriages after him. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, you know, I was on the progesterone shots and everything, and it just didn't work out. And uh, so yeah. I got 10, 10 saints in heaven, oh. 10 babies. <laughs> when... When Joseph and I, we got married almost a year ago, and um, we'd practiced NFP, and we decided, you know, let, let's go ahead and, like, not, we're open to it. We won't, like, actively try, but a baby would be really neat. And uh, we went on our honeymoon in Chicago, and we brought back a baby, and, like, we're really excited about it, and told our parents, told our family about him, and um, we... It was the middle of Lent. We got married in January, and by the time that we found out we were pregnant and had told our close family it was it's Lent, and so we're like, yeah, we're, we'll wait and we'll um, we'll tell everybody about our baby on Easter because we were going to see all of our family. And like, oh, that'll you know be a, like we can celebrate it with them, and, and yeah. Lent will be over. And so um, in March we uh, we'd gone through our, to regular doctor appointments, and and the doctor was like, you know, great, great physician great OBGYN and he's like you know you don't have any health problems you should be there should be no problems with this pregnancy at all and so we were both really confident in it um and we went to our eight-week checkup for that first ultrasound to hear a heartbeat and they couldn't find one um right and same same thing right like just leaving that hospital we were there all day because just going back and forth to sonogram texts and maybe we misstated him and maybe he's a lot younger and we couldn't see his heartbeat anyway and so um, you know, let's test for progesterone. It was very low. Let's put you on mm-hmm. supplements. Come back next week. Um, we'll see if he, if we just is hiding and we'll, we'll be able to find them. Right. And so we went home, um, and same thing, like walking through the OBGYN office being like, Oh, like, I wish I had that confidence that I had coming into that back again and, and not knowing what was going to happen. And then, um, that was like on a, on a Friday and the next, like the following, um, week, a couple of days before we were supposed to go in, we lost him. Um, and spent, spent the whole day in the ER and things like that too. So, but it was like when I was in the ER for the whole day, when we were losing him and going through that process, like it was crazy how many, every person with the exception of one who I interacted with in that hospital had lost at least one baby, if not more. Um, and, and it's an awful club to belong to, but gosh, as the best members, like there has been so many like healing from talking about talking to other women who have had miscarriages and do have saints in heaven. So yeah, for this, yeah, for this podcast, it's like, okay, like more women need to hear about that (laughs) or like to know that they're not alone in that. So, and it can be such an isolating event. So yeah. It can. And you know, before I had my first miscarriage, I had no idea lots of women went through this. Right. Like nobody ever, I knew that my mom had lost a baby, but it wasn't, it was because of placenta previa. It uh-huh. wasn't something else. And so I'm just, I had no idea. And when the doctor was like, Oh, this was common. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. Just, yeah, it was, but now, you know, cause I'm kind of a open book. Women, you know, have come forth and said, you know, i I've had this pain too. And it's like, Oh, wow, it really is. Yeah. 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 Fun club to belong to, but, um, strong women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. When looking at the processes or like the, like 
process of healing from your miscarriages, how did you begin the process of healing on like a physical level, on a mental level, emotionally and like spiritually on all of those when you're going and when you've been through these miscarriages? Yeah. Oh gosh. You know, like I said before, I was kind of in a selfish state Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, sometimes now something was obviously wrong with my body and the babies just weren't viable. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think God uses um, tragedies if we allow him greater good. And, you know, these babies, and I know they're in heaven and I know they know this, but yeah, they weeded out a lot of selfishness in me. I don't have them here, but spiritually they helped me grow as a mother and as a woman because I needed to be rooted, um, have that selfishness rooted out of me. I got complacent. Um, you know, it made me more grateful for my children here on earth. Mm-hmm. So I like to tell my kids, I'm like, brothers and sisters in heaven helped me you better. Yeah. <laughs> and so spiritually that I think of them, it's, you know, it's hard because you don't know who they are. Yeah. As uh, far as like personality and stuff like that. Um, and so they kind of rest the quiet of my heart. Mm-hmm. That Make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but just knowing that they're there and that they love me and that I can call on them to pray for me and that they're with Mary and they're with each other. Yeah. Siblings, <laughs> yeah. That gives me a lot of comfort. Um, mentally, it was each one has just been a taxing toll. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, you know, my, my, Two older kids, you know, they're at the point where I can't really hide being prideful from them like I can with my little guy. Yeah. Because I'm going to doctor's appointments and stuff. And so they get excited and um, mentally that is crushing for them. Yeah. When, when I have to say, you know, the baby didn't make it. Yeah. yeah. But for me, the, uh, it's just, I don't know. Mentally, it's a very hard thing. The fear is yeah. overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Just yeah. overwhelming. Um, and physically, I feel like now that I've lost 10 babies, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I mean, I'm getting near 40. I told my husband, I said, um, mentally, it's difficult to keep going through this, and I don't know if it's the best thing for my body yeah. to keep through this and so after the last one that we've lost um we basically decided we're just going to try our hardest to abstain from pregnancy mm-hmm. um because having that many having dncs over and over again i don't think it's good for my body yeah no <laughs> um mentally just keep to keep losing children was just rough yeah and yeah it, it, and if we're, we're open to life, you know, if, if if it happens, then, you know, we always would welcome that child and hope that it is brought into the world. But as far as it goes mentally, I feel like I just need to take a break, I guess. Yeah. Nope. That makes total sense. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really hard thing to go through emotionally and mentally and spiritually and all those things. And yeah. On, that, on how many you've gone through, can, yeah, I can't even imagine. It's a rough, uh, gosh, I mean, one is enough. One yeah. is enough. It's, I mean, from the moment you know you're pregnant, you just love them, and right. you 
you dream about what their voice is going to be like and what they're going to, what your delivery with them is going to, I mean, all yeah. your hopes and dreams. And, uh, and then when that doesn't come to fruition, it's just crutching. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like as a mother, like having that experience of motherhood from the very, like from the moment of conception, like they're growing yeah. inside of you and it's not just like, um, you know, a recognition of, of them when they are born. It's like, you've been carrying them in you for even, you know, a couple of weeks, some few months and you've grown close to them already. And yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you it's, really tough. Do. it's tough. Do you have any practical tips when it comes to like receiving closure from miscarriage? Um, one thing that I would say is to name your babies. Yep. Um, I think, you know, the world is, uh, tells us, oh, you know, they're small, they're, they were just a clump of cells. Mm-hmm. You didn't know them. But like I said, um, you know, once you know you're pregnant, you can't stop the, the wonder and the, and the hopes and the dreams. And, you know, I don't know what their gender was. Um, so my husband and I, we just switch off and on we name one a boy and one a girl and mm-hmm. god takes care of the rest right <laughs> um and it's just be okay with talking about them mm-hmm. uh, you know if you find another woman that's been through this you know open up to her and she'll probably want to open up to you and yeah. it's important to get it out anytime we drag our pain out into the light it helps to lessen it a little more yep i think and uh, I think the biggest thing for me is it was very, like, I feel like I, I whenever I'm going through a miscarriage, I always tell my husband that my, I have a womb of death because mm. um, I'm in so much pain. Yeah. And, uh, he always reminds me that it's not my fault. And yeah. I feel like it is. <laughs> right. Oh, I could have done this. Oh, I could have done that. Maybe I wasn't hopeful enough. Maybe I wasn't trusting enough. Yeah. Maybe I you know, didn't rely on God enough. I don't know. And and in reality, there's just nothing that you can do. And and God just took them in his time and had to trust in that for whatever reason. And, and, but yeah, it just letting your emotions about it come out. I think a lot of women are very emotional about it because we kind of um, compare ourselves to maybe a woman who has lost a child that she's brought to full term um, and the baby didn't make it after delivery and we're like, oh, I didn't go through that. And so I really shouldn't. Yeah. I really shouldn't, uh, you know, feel that bad about losing a baby at eight weeks or six weeks. But it's okay. You love your baby. Yeah. It's okay to to grieve them. Yeah. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's easy to compare compare grieving yeah. processes especially yeah with among different times of pregnancy but yeah they were they were all little souls like they are they are <laughs> yeah so yeah that's so true I, we named our baby we named him marion and yeah uh-huh. it was it was kind of like that you know we, it was a name that we had in mind when we first found out we were pregnant and we'd both been talking about it and so we wanted to give him a name that you know not like a oh you know none of our babies who make it to birth and and that will we won't name him that but no we wanted to give him like a name that we wanted um and and that brought such a closure to it when we when he had a name and we could call on him by name like in terms of like prayer and even when we were talking about him in conversation like it helped us recognize like his humanity and his dignity exactly i mean i think that giving them a name does 
you know, you're, you are definitely recognizing them as a soul and yeah. a human and um, you can call on them. Yeah. So. Right. Right. They're intercessing for us up in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a beautiful comfort, like in that moment of like, oh, you know, when you wish you had them here, like, you know where they are and you're confident in that too. So that helps. You mentioned building back trust. When we lost Marion, it took a long time for both Joseph and I to build back trust with God. Um, And yeah, and it's still like a a journey. It's still a process. Do you, uh, for women who have experienced miscarriage, do you have any advice for for going back to building that trust with God after losing a baby? Yeah, you know, that is, oh gosh. It ha- that was a very tough thing, especially very early on when I just kept losing baby after baby. Mm-hmm. I was like, what, you know, we are a good family. We are a good, we're, you know, good parents. Why, why would you keep denying us this child? And, um, you know, we want, we want to welcome these kids into the world. I want to love them. And, and, uh, I remember very distinctly, after one miscarriage, my husband was gone. <laughs> and um, so I had, as often military guys are, and I had to call on a friend uh-huh. to drive me to the emergency room. And we were there all night, and it was just awful. And and uh, I remember as we were driving back home, I very distinctly felt in my heart God say, I'm saving you from something. Uh-huh. And at that time, I was like, um, okay, I get it. He's he's saving me from you know maybe I'll get horribly sick with this pregnancy or or something like that or maybe the baby wouldn't you know wouldn't make it when I delivered it or something you know uh-huh. uh, something like that. And um, but after I had my son Jeremiah, I fully and completely understood what he meant by that, oh. and he was saving me from myself. And that selfishness. And like I said, I felt like I had to be brought to my knees over this. Yeah. It was just me that, you know, that's not for every woman, but um, I needed to come to God and completely surrender myself. And I did. Mm-hmm. And, and it was hard. And I had to say, whatever is your will. Yeah. If you take my child or if you allow me to raise it and, and, bring it into this world, whatever is your will, I will trust that it's going to be okay. Yeah. You give me the grace to get through this. And, um, you know, I don't, that's still a struggle. Yeah. (laughs) That's still a struggle. And, uh, you know, like the last child that we lost, you know, my daughter is 16 and she's like, mom, I was just praying and praying that you'd be able to keep this baby. And I'm like, I know, honey. And we we just have to trust that we will understand this also. Yeah. And it's hard. And it's okay to tell God, I don't get what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. I don't understand. Um, but for me, in my situation, uh, he he used it to, to weed out some bad things. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. And, I'm, you know, it's funny. I think of my kids that are in heaven, and I'm like, I think of them, and I'm like, what they brought to my life, even never not having ever met them, mm-hmm. um, the body of Christ is truly amazing in that way. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so beautiful. 
That's so beautiful. I remember after we lost Marianne going to adoration and in the beginning just being like, it's okay. You know, God's, yeah. God's got this. It's fine. I we're going to make it. And then after, you know, a couple of weeks of those kinds of prayers, you just break and it's like, Lord, and you just, I, you know, yelling at him, like, what are you doing in my life? Why did you think that this was a good idea? What kind of like sick lesson are you trying to teach me? Couldn't there have been any other way to teach me this lesson? Um, and then after that, like feeling guilty, like, oh gosh, like I shouldn't have been that harsh. And you know, God, God has broad shoulders. Like he can take us. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, just that ability to be honest with him, because that took me a while to get to that point where it's like, you know, he knows what's going on in our hearts. He knows how hard that is. Like he's lost a son, um, himself. And so like being able to, to just be honest with him and not hide behind, you know, any masks of, of fear and just be confident in the fact that he wants to listen to it too. Yeah. And, and you know, gosh, that's so true. Like at first I did exactly what you did. It's like, it's okay. We're going to be okay. And then I was like, what in the world right. is going on? Why would you do this to me? Right. And it was just, uh, yeah, I had to really get honest. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Real honest. And I, I was angry and, and, um, you know, I, and then you, you, you just go through so many emotions, guilt and anger and frustration. Yeah. And, and some days you feel okay. And, and yeah, it's a, a more uh, emotional roller coaster. Right. I remember taking all that to spiritual direction about a month after we had lost Marion and just, you know, I don't know what I'm feeling anymore. I don't even know how to describe a day to day. There's, you know, like you said, that emotional roller coaster. Sometimes it takes me a couple of weeks to get through the roller coaster. Sometimes I'm, yes. I'm, I go through it twice in one, like an hour. And, yes. um, <laughs> I remember my spiritual director just saying, you know what, like, that's okay. Like, that's okay. And for a long time, I was beating myself up about that. Like, why am I in, you know, stage two of grief when I've already been there, you know, three days ago. And I thought I was in the next stage. And, and just that affirmation of like, no, it's okay. Like, everyone is going to grieve differently. And the way that you grieve is going to be unique to your personality and your spirituality. And, and that's okay. Like, it's okay. And just hearing those words was like such a relief for it was like, I'm not bound by how, you know, my, my friend grieved when she lost a baby or how this woman grieved and like the way that I'm going to, you know, receive closure and gain, regain trust with God is going to look unique because I'm, I'm unique as a person too. So that was really freeing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have had, have multiple miscarriages and then have babies here on earth too. And you've talked about that fear that comes up when you, when you have a pregnancy because you don't know how it will end. Um, after a miscarriage, how can women combat that fear? And that, well, again, like it's that trust, like that mistrust in God or that, that fear of trusting him with, with our pregnancies. Yeah. This is probably what I struggle with the most. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband and I are very different. Like, um, when, since I started having miscarriages, like when I get pregnant, Mm -hmm. aside from Jeremiah, when I got pregnant with him, I am just paralyzed by fear. Yeah. Just parallel. Like I can't even like get myself to go to the doctor for the first, you know, you are pregnant test. Uh-huh. And oh, plus I'm afraid of needles. You'd think after this many children, I wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I just, I am gripped with fear and my husband is usually very excited. Mm hmm. And, oh my gosh, I want to feel like him. Right. I, I am 
you know, I'm like, Tony, Dustin's super excited about this, and uh, you need to feel this way too. And and then I'm just like, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. And it is. I just get that feeling. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's overwhelming. And I don't want to tell anybody. Mm Mm-hmm. My parents, I don't want to tell them, I don't want to tell siblings, I, I barely can utter it to my best friend, because um, I, I fear that people are going to be like, why do you keep doing this to yourself, yeah. why do you keep getting pregnant, oh my gosh, just stop, and and I fear that reaction from people, mm-hmm. um, and so this is my biggest struggle, and it's a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer, and I, I, I find myself slipping into despair mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I went to, I go to confession because I need, I need help about that despair. Like, and I'll tell the priest, I'm like, I am slipping into despair. I feel like I cannot trust that this is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just, I I talk a lot to Mary about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And I don't know, it is very hard. And I, I would just. You know, I haven't figured this out myself yeah. as far as like how to deal with that fear other than just trying to talk to my husband, um, at least letting one friend know, yeah. my best friend know, so that she can check on me yep. <laughs> to make sure I'm not like completely slipped into despair. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I haven't figured that one out yet. A lot of prayer because mm-hmm. I still get scared. I mean, I've had two miscarriages after Jeremiah and... Uh, it's, it doesn't, it, it hasn't left. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a tough one. Right. A lot. Of, I just have to remind myself that I will see them again someday. Yep. They have each other. Yep. yep. <laughs> they are fully happy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it will, it, I will know someday how this all played out. <laughs> right. Right. Like one day it's all going to be brought to light. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Some days I am like hanging on to hope with a a very like thin thread. (laughs) Yep. Yep. No. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Joseph and I, we have, haven't gotten pregnant after Marianne. Um, it just, it just hasn't happened. And there is that like, right. You know, when you're like, okay, I can, I'm far enough, you know, away I can and take a pregnancy test. And, and it's like this very, distinct mix of like oh my gosh we could be pregnant how exciting would that be that would be so fun and then it's like oh gosh like I know how this ended last time and I don't know if I want to go through that again and and yeah it's almost like I feel and again you go through that emotional roller coaster because then you feel guilty because why should I be afraid because if it is a baby that means that it was God's will and I can just be grateful for every moment that I have with them but yeah it's very very much a battle um even when those pregnancy tests have been negative so yeah and that's the, the other, like you mentioned, the guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, once I do, you know, because I have this fear and I'm losing, you know, I feel despair a lot of times. Um, when I do start to lose the baby, oh, the guilt is just overwhelming. Right. I'm like, I'm the worst mom in the world. I, I didn't love my baby enough. I didn't trust enough. I didn't hope enough. I, right. And that just makes me feel just terrible. Worse, and yeah. Keep going into, you know, we'll, we'll get pregnant and we'll go into the ultrasound. And I tell the tech, I'm like, just give it to me quickly. Yeah. Tell me quickly. And I'm like, and my husband's sitting over there smiling like, oh, I can't wait to hear the heartbeat. And I'm like, and I'm preparing for the worst. Yep. Right. Right. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's incredibly hard. Yeah. Amen to that. For those who are listening who haven't like lost a baby themselves, but they may know friends or family members or siblings or parents who have lost a baby. How, what's, what's some things that they can do when it comes to the grieving process of someone that they love who's lost a baby? Is there anything that you have found that friends and family members do that like ease that burden of grief after losing a baby? Yeah. Um, just, oh gosh, I remember when I lost the baby after when my husband was deployed, mm-hmm. my sister was at home. And I walked upstairs and I was bawling my eyes out and I just, she just came right over and she gave me the biggest hug and I said, I just wanted this baby so bad. And she said, I know you did. I know you did. And she just hugged me and that's all she said. And I was just sobbing on her arm and, and, uh, sometimes there just isn't words. I think a lot of people, um, who haven't experienced this because the babies, you know, I've lost all my babies before 10 weeks. Yeah. And um, they're like, well, it was small. You've got living children. And, um, that isn't, well, that's true. <laughs> I love that baby. Yeah. Wanted that baby. And, yeah. Um, so just because they're small doesn't mean I love them less. Yeah. And, but really just letting people talk about it. And you don't really, if you haven't experienced it and you don't know what that pain is like, just let them talk mm-hmm. and you don't have to say anything or other than I'm so sorry this happened to you or I can you know I can see how hard this would be because um, I think a lot of women do feel like they can't talk about it because they are little mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's that comparison thing well I you know I I didn't lose a baby at 20 weeks or I didn't lose a baby at full term which is just I can I can't imagine that kind of devastation and there are some strong ladies out there who dealt with that but mm-hmm. like you said everybody grieves in their own way mm-hmm. yeah you know we can't compare can't compare our sad stories to everybody else yeah pain, pain is true no matter what the circumstances if it hurts it hurts yep yep there is a in the book of Job, where Job has lost everything he's lost kids he's lost um his land he's lost his livelihood and And his friends come over and they just sit with him and just listen. And when they start talking, usually it's like when it's like, oh, wait, like I shouldn't have said that. You know, that's not what I meant. And but when they're just sitting there and they're just listening like that for me, friends who did that were the biggest like consolation during that time, because it's like, yeah, it it allowed it opened up a space for me to have a conversation, even if it was just unloading and getting stuff off my chest. And that's what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just letting some, I mean, just being heard I yes. think, is, and validated. I have a, my college roommate, she's lost uh, 10 babies too. Mm-hmm. And so we both know what it feels like. And, you know, having her through a lot of them just to express my frustration. Yep. Because um, yeah. I knew she would understand. Yep. was uh, a big source of comfort. Yeah. Yeah. For miscarriage in a marriage, that's like a really heavy cross to carry. And men, do have you found that you and your husband grieve differently after the loss of a baby? And how has miscarriage affected your marriage? And how have you and your husband been able to grieve together? Yeah, I think women and men do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is... My husband's just... I'm like a super emotional, dramatic human being. It's 
normally. <laughs> My husband's an engineer. <laughs> so, um, you know, he just, he processes things differently than me. Um, I think as a woman, though, because a man will never understand what it's like to carry a child inside mm-hmm. of your body um, and what that feels like to know that you are the, you know, bring life into the world and that, you know, life comes through your body and that you nourish it and protect it and love it and, mm-hmm. you know, you feel the kicks and, or you wish to feel the kicks and, um, and when your body isn't working right, there's a whole nother level of pain there Yeah, that I don't think a man can fully understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tend to talk a, a lot mm-hmm. and when it comes to this, my husband's a little more, um, reserved about it. Like I have to ask him how he's doing mm-hmm. with it, um, to get him to open up a bit about it. And I usually find that he's hurting quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he feels like he has to be kind of stoic and strong for me. Yep. And, uh, but they're hurting too. Yeah. Because uh, I see the joy in his face when I say I'm pregnant and, and, and then when I'm, I'm not anymore, I know that's hurt him. Yeah. I know that's, I mean, he's such a good daddy that I know, I know he misses them too. Uh, yeah. But I think men are just generally maybe even more quiet about it than even women are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been a cross because we've had to decide, like, you know, we finally got trained in NFP and everything, <laughs> um, but, um, to just pray together about it, mm-hmm. uh, he's prayed over my womb many times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when, when, before we got pregnant with Jeremiah, when we finally decided, you know, let's do this differently. Mm-hmm. Instead of like gripping the table with fear, let's bring it to God. Yeah. That was powerful for both of us. Yeah. And what came from that was very uh, fruitful for our marriage. Mm-hmm. And that hope can win out. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I think it is, it has been a cross because it, you know, and sometimes I get, it's kind of weird, but like when I am pregnant and my husband's so happy. Like, don't you know how this is going to end? Yeah. He's just so happy and I can't be away and I'm kind of mad at him, which is ridiculous. But um, I think it's just an expression of my pain and yep. fear. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we were going through the grieving process, it was like really good to remember like no other two people are our baby's parents. Like, <laughs> in like, <Yes. laughs> like we both brought that baby into the world with God and we're both grieving and it was really easy to for me to just kind of draw in and be like no this is my pain I had to yes. go through a miscarriage I had to have you know I spent time in the ER on a hospital bed like that was me and instead like to be able to open up and be like no that was us like we both yes. lost a baby and then bringing them into that process instead of closing them out I think was a huge um, help help in our marriage for sure oh yeah you're so right because I think I thought now that you say that, I, I can see that tendency in myself. I lost this baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're right. Yeah. So uh, they've lost a baby too. Mm-hmm. They hurt in their own way. Exactly. 
Exactly. For miscarriage, it's it's something that a lot of women have experienced and a lot of moms and, and dads have gone through and parents. And how can talking about miscarriage, just like our conversation right now, help <laughs> help women who are going through loss of a child and let them know that they're not alone in this? Yeah. You know, it's like I said, um, anytime we drag our hurt out into the light and um, and just work through it, mm-hmm. it's going to help us heal. Mm-hmm. And when we try to like suppress it or not talk about it or just do the, I'll be okay, I'll be okay. Yeah. It doesn't ever work out very well. Right. Um, ever. And, um, and so I think, you know, when you do talk about it with other women who've experienced it or even with a good friend that maybe hasn't experienced it but is willing to listen, they're going to, they're going to validate you and you're going to realize that, Oh, I'm not crazy for being scared for the next pregnancy or I, you know, all this guilt that I have, I'm not the only woman that's ever felt that. I think it helps to help you, helps you to see that you're not abnormal. You're not crazy. Um, And that does help because then you start to see that other women have gone through this. They have survived um, you know, that, it, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, um, just this hidden pain that you walk around with. Yeah. And, and I think that's helpful. I mean, just talking about like my next door neighbor here on base, when she was, we were just talking one day and she's, we started talking about miscarriage and she's like, I don't know why we don't talk about this more as women. I feel like we're all hurting inside because we've lost all these babies. No one's willing to talk about it. Right. I'm like, so right right <laughs> yeah and you just I think it's so much so healing and don't be afraid to tell somebody I'm hurting over this yeah you need to talk about it yep get it out in the light yeah yeah that way you can start the healing process so this is my last question for you I love this question asking women who come onto this show <laughs> how do you live out the feminine genius in your daily life as a mother to littles both here on earth and up in heaven Oh man, this is a this is a packed question. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think we live in um, I don't want to sound doomsdayish, but I think our culture is very much a culture of death. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got pro-choice stuff everywhere, um, euthanasia, you know, people getting rid of babies with Down syndrome in mm-hmm. Europe and and everything. And um, I think women, we bring a lot of beauty into the world. That's what I just hate so much about this, uh, you know, abortion culture and everything is that it is so contrary to who we are as women. We are the bringers of life into this world Mm -hmm. and our bodies are uniquely made and, and it's so beautiful. God's plan for it. And these children, you know, created in an act towards order towards love and, and, um, you know, even though I've, I've lost these babies. They have died here earthly Mm -hmm. living in heaven, but to honor them and to love them for the human beings they are, to give them dignity, to, to call them by names, Mm -hmm. to call upon them, to recognize how they've impacted my life Mm -hmm. is beautiful. Yeah. And, um, I'm not just going to say, you know, this was just a small little embryo, a little clump of cells that I didn't even know, so I shouldn't feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. No, these were my children. They are my children. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and I love them and that's a beautiful thing and as women we are supposed to you know bring beauty to the world not in just a physical you know um, physical way but an internal spiritual way mm-hmm. and I'm trying to teach my my older children who understand that you know mom's body just isn't bringing babies into the world like it should mm-hmm. um, that a lot of times our strength comes from recognizing that um, we can't do everything yeah. and that we have to fall on God and surrender to him sometimes and that's what makes us strong through him he gives us that strength and that grace and and to trust that um his will be done and i don't understand it and i i want this side of heaven but um to not give up on our faith and our hope and and to recognize you know that all life matters all life matters and that um it's beautiful when a woman gets pregnant, and we should cherish that life from the moment that it comes into conception until until old age, or whenever the Lord takes them. Yeah. So, I guess that would be how I'm trying to. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That's so good. Thank you so much. Thanks for so much for coming on the show. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for your vulnerability and your hope and starting a really beautiful conversation that, yeah, like we said, I think we need to have a lot more often in today's culture. So thank you for loving your little soul. Thank you for having me. For sure. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for more resources for yourself or for women in your life who have experienced miscarriage, you can find blog posts, links to Facebook support groups, and more in the show notes over at oldfashionedgirlblog.com. If this episode comforted you or helped you in any way, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes so more listeners can find it. And if you'd like to support Letters to Women and help me produce more episodes like this, you can find information on patreon.com backslash letters to women. Thanks for listening and be not afraid.